0: Welcome once again to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to our study. We began it before Mother's Day, took a one-week break, but we're back to our series, back to our study entitled And. Looking at the Holy Spirit's work in various things, we've looked at the Holy Spirit and prayer. Last time in this study, we looked at the Holy Spirit and evangelism. The Holy Spirit is at work nudging those and and drawing individuals to the Lord as well as nudging you and I to be able to share the Word of God. So last time together, we were in the book of Acts, chapter eight, we saw the Holy Spirit leading Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. If you remember at that time, the Holy Spirit had told him to go to a specific road and then told him to go to the chariot In the chariot was the Ethiopian eunuch. He was reading from the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. This Ethiopian eunuch uh, did not have the Bible app on his iPhone. He had a scroll. He was reading from Isaiah the prophet, and the Holy Spirit had worked upon Philip as he went up to the chariot and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? questions were good. And and the Ethiopian eunuch said, well, how how can I unless someone explains it? And Philip went, and beginning with that scripture, he explained and taught and proclaimed the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And in that text, Acts chapter 8, verse 36, it says, as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water what prevents me from getting baptized? What's keeping me, what's stopping me from getting baptized in water? That's a good question to ask. In fact, that's a question I might ask of you this morning. Is there something keeping you from getting baptized in water? there's a handful of things that often prevent individuals from getting baptized in water first of all if an individual is not a christian they would not be baptized in water water baptism is for the christian it's for the believer it's symbolic as we'll get to in a little bit so if there's not a faith in god there would not be a desire to get baptized in water Secondly, some people are simply uninformed. They're they're not aware of water baptism, what it is and and what it's about and what the Bible teaches about it. Maybe they've not heard, maybe they've not read, maybe they've not studied, simply don't know. Third, here's a big one, pride. Pride. Pride keeps individuals from getting baptized in water. It could be someone who says, hey, I've been a Christian for years. I've been a part of this church for years. And every time water baptism comes up, I just say no, because everyone assumes I have, but I'm too prideful to say I haven't. Or maybe I'm too prideful to get up in front of everybody in that baptismal tank and get all wet. You know, that hair on top of my head, and every, everyone's going to see me a wet, sopping mess. Maybe there's a little bit of pride going on. or Maybe it's simply indifference. The indifference of, okay, I've heard it. I know about it. I'm thinking about it, but it's the classic, I'll do it later. And next time. Next time. Maybe not this time, Pastor. Or maybe not this time, Pastor. Or maybe not this time, Pastor. We've had many, many, many opportunities over the years of water baptism. So to some, it's just indifference. To some, maybe there's simply a defiance. I ain't going to do it. I don't care what that Bible says, I'm not going to do it. Maybe there's a refusal or a rebellion to do. A whole host of reasons why someone might not get baptized in water. Today, as we look at the Holy Spirit and water baptism, we've seen the Holy Spirit lead Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. We've seen how the Holy Spirit works upon hearts, and so... This morning, we're going to be looking at a number of teachings about or facts about water baptism. What is it? What does the Bible teach? And what is it about? Heads up, we're going to go through a number of these things rather fast. We've got a lot of scriptures, more points than normal. If you know me, I'm typically a three or often a four. Uh, I won't tell you how many, but there's more than that. So just pay attention. This will be something to to jot down some notes and, and have for later. What is water baptism? First of all, understand, water baptism is something commanded by Jesus, commanded by Jesus. After Jesus was crucified, buried, he died and was resurrected. Before he was resurrected, he appeared to a number of people. And one of those occurrences right before his resurrection, the very end of Matthew's gospel, chapter 28, it's a verse or passage of Scripture we've heard a lot. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus said this, Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations, or preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's a passage of Scripture. We've heard it preached. In fact, just about every single missionary that we have come through Alger Assembly of God at some point will preach from or reference Matthew 28, 19, and 20 because there's this powerful aspect of going and preaching. This is the Great Commission Scripture. And so, yes, we are instructed to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, or as some versions would say, go and make disciples. And we get really, really caught up and really good in the going and the preaching and the making of disciples that sometimes we lose the the second half of that text. Doing what? baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe. We focus a lot on the going. We focus a lot on the preaching. We focus a lot on the making of disciples. We focus a lot on the teaching to observe, and kind of in the middle of that is the whole baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. See, the command was not just to go, preach, make disciples, and then if anybody feels like it, maybe you dunk them in some water. There was the instruction to go, to preach, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach, to observe all that I have commanded you if going is the instruction, and if making disciples is the instruction, if the teaching and preaching and proclaiming the gospel is the instruction and the command, then the baptizing them is as well the instruction and the command for you and I. It's commanded by Jesus. Secondly, understand water baptism is also modeled by Jesus. Modeled by Jesus. Before Jesus began His public ministry... He was the example for you and I to follow as Jesus himself was baptized in water. Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. Stop right there. This was something intentional of Jesus. You know, how many of you have ever kind of gotten yourselves into something accidentally? You were in the right place at the wrong time. You know, someone's looking around like, I need a volunteer to, and they look at you. And you're trying to look down, you're trying to, trying to look all over the place. And then they ask you, Hey, would you do this? Uh, okay. You didn't seek out that. Request. You didn't seek out to do that one thing or another. You just happened to be in the spot. Someone happened to ask you and you felt obligated and you said yes. We've probably all been there. This is not what happened in Scripture. Jesus didn't happen to show up. John looks around and he's like, Yo, buddy, do you want to get baptized? Oh, you're Jesus. And Jesus is like, Oh, well, you asked me. I guess I'm obligated. This was not an oops. I got baptized, it said that Jesus went to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. He was the pattern. He was the model for you and I. Now, verse 14, John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Specific place in Scripture, all three members of the Trinity, how the Father, with the voice, the Holy Spirit in the form of the dove, and Jesus Christ in the flesh, baptized in water. Jesus was seeking it out. One commentator would look and suggest that Jesus traveled approximately 60 miles to be baptized by John. This was an intentional baptism of water. This was, not some, this was not the, oops, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. This was, I am going to be baptized. It's not just lip service, not just empty words. Jesus put the words he would say later, into practice. How many of you have been around someone who says something and doesn't often do it? Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a classmate, co-worker, maybe it's a boss, right? And your boss says, you got to do this, and they get their finger out and they're pointing at you, and you chuckle on the inside because the boss doesn't do that. We've said it. I would venture to say, at some point in times, we've all been there and done it. We've said to do something and then we realize, uh, I don't do that. Or we've said, don't do something and we realize, I've done it. This is not what Jesus was. Jesus won. Matthew chapter 28, as we saw, Jesus instructed to go and preach and teach and baptize. It wasn't lip service. It wasn't empty words. Jesus himself was baptized in water, commanded by or instructed by Jesus, modeled by Jesus. Thirdly, water baptism follows salvation. In in the Bible, belief precedes baptism. Water baptism follows salvation. In Acts chapter 2, Peter was preaching and proclaiming Jesus Christ as the risen Messiah. The Holy Spirit was moving upon the hearts and lives of individuals, and so the people believed and then asked what they needed to do. Peter replied, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ the forgiveness of sins. Verse 41, it says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number. So they accepted the message, they believed, and they were baptized. In Acts chapter 8, as we took a look at last time, Philip Was led by the Holy Spirit. He had been preaching, revivals were taking place, and the Holy Spirit led him from there to this Ethiopian eunuch before he left. Acts 8, verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. When they believed, then they were baptized. And it says, both men and women. Verse 13, even Simon himself believed. In this particular chapter, Simon was involved in the magic arts. It said, he believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. Acts chapter 18, verse 8, it says, many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. It's a pattern of Scripture. They believed and then were baptized. There was belief in Jesus Christ followed by baptism in water. It goes hand in hand. It's hand in glove. It's peanut butter and jelly. It's rice and beans. Whatever two things you like that go together well. On the count of three, I want you to yell out two things that you love that go together really well. One, two, three. Chips and dip. I heard that. I mean, when you think of one thing, you automatically think of the other. Now, yes, some people just have peanut butter sandwiches. Remember, pork and mystery up because they're all stuck together. You need that jelly in there to kind of loosen it up. I mean, there's two things. Whatever it is, you yelled out something. Two things go together. When you think of this, you think of that. In Scripture, when they believed, they were then baptized in water. You see, it follows salvation, but there's no meaning without salvation. If you do not receive Jesus into your life, then when you get into a water baptismal tank, we might as well give you a bar of soap, and some shampoo or body wash because you're just going to be taking a bath. It's just getting wet in a big puddle of water. It's something that follows salvation. There's a meaning to it. There's a purpose to it. Water baptism, it's commanded by Jesus. It's modeled by Jesus. It follows salvation. Number four, it displays obedience. Jesus said this in John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do what I say. You won't just listen. You'll do it. James said to be a doer, not just a hearer only deceiving ourselves. So many times we can hear things that God says in His Word. We can read things that God says in His Word. And so we understand, we know, but we don't often put it into practice and do it. Getting baptized in water displays and exhibits obedience to Jesus. It's a simple act, but a profound act that we can put into practice. Obedience ought to be a characteristic of Christians, of believers, of followers of Jesus Christ. We read the scripture. It says, at one point when he preached, 3,000 individuals believed and were baptized. Anybody want to venture a guess as to how long that water baptismal service lasted? Probably quite a while, Right? Baptism was linked to salvation, and so it was kind of a natural thing that when people believed in Jesus, they were baptized in water. It was hand in hand. They became synonymous. Unfortunately, many times people will kind of delay their obedience. What is delayed obedience? often referred to as disobedience. Delayed obedience, disobedience. We say, oh, I'll do it later. No, no, I got it, I got it. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Boy, haven't we all said those words about something or other. My hand's in the air, right? Oh, I'll get to it, and I forget. And it's brought up, yep, I'll get to it, and I forget. I'll do it later, I'll get to it, we mean well. Many times we mean well, but when we delay, we read God's word, and God says, here's something to put into practice. Ah, maybe tomorrow, God. You know the whole loving my neighbor thing? Yeah, well, they're, they're really kind of irritating me, so let me, let me just uh, get rid of some steam today, and then maybe tomorrow I'll start, start loving them. right. Delayed obedience. Well, you know, the whole thing about being honest, uh, that's kind of tricky to do, Jesus. So maybe I'll start that tomorrow. We've got great intentions. I'm going to start this and I'm going to do, I've got great plans. Going to lose weight tomorrow. Going to go to the gym tomorrow. Going to learn a new hobby or skill. I'm going to start tomorrow. Man, when tomorrow comes, a whole lot of stuff is going to happen, right? Delayed obedience. Baptism is an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience for the individual being baptized. It's an act of obedience for uh, the church or leadership as we baptize. The person being baptized, they're obeying what Jesus has instructed in his word. And as we baptize here and have water baptism classes or water baptism services, it's because we want to encourage obedience. Now in fact, that when it comes to membership and how your assembly of God, that is one of the instructions or prerequisites is that the individual seeking membership would be baptized In water. Hopefully, the the heart is that the individual would desire to be obedient, an obedient follower of Jesus. Water baptism displays or shows that there's an obedient heart. Fifth, what is water baptism? It is being immersed in water. Immersed in the Greek words, there's Greek words for being. Dipped or immersed, there's Greek words for sprinkling, Greek words for pouring water. But every single place where you read in the New Testament in Greek about water baptism, they use the Greek word baptizo, meaning immersion, to plunge, to dip, to immerse totally in water. If you we were to look up the word immerse in a dictionary in a thesaurus, one well, of the first terms would be baptize, or bury, drown, saturate, submerge, sink, dunk. Now, I I typically do not refer to it as dunking. Okay, We're not going to have a water dunking service. I'm not going to dunk you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But all of those words indicate the same thing, going completely into the water and coming up out of the water. So the, the Greek word that was used, all that the, uh, the early church did, it was all about fully immersion, not about sprinkling or pouring. In fact, in John 3.23, it says John was baptizing near Salem because there was plenty of water. He needed plenty of water. You don't need too much water to sprinkle or pour. You need a whole lot of water to dip somebody in completely and bring them out of. In Mark chapter 1, verse 5, it says people were being baptized by John in the Jordan. They weren't being baptized by John near the Jordan or by the Jordan where they had, you know, some pots and they poured a little bit over the head. It says they were being baptized in the Jordan. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 10, when Jesus was baptized, it said he came up out of the water. Well, how do you come up out of the water and... Lest you've already gone in and under the water. Much water was needed. Again, in the scripture text that we looked at, Acts chapter 8 and 38 and 39, he commanded the chariot to stop. They both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And verse 39, it says, When they came up out of the water. Time and time and time again, the reference, the word that is used indicates an immersion in and under the water. That is the the biblical form. That's what we do in Alder Assembly of God in our water baptism, which is back there. Now, understand that this is a short process. If you've not been baptized in water and all of a sudden you hear being immersed in water, you might get a little nervous. How long does Pastor Mark keep you under there? This is not one of those extreme sport training things where we shove your head underwater and, you know, see how long you last before bubbles start popping up. No. It's relatively quick, but you go completely under the water and you're brought up out of the water. It is immersion. Nowhere in Scripture do we read that water was brought to people for baptism People were brought to the water, the bodies of water for baptism. So what does water baptism mean? Well, certainly it means that Jesus had instructed and commanded us. He'd modeled it for us. It follows salvation, displays obedience. It means we're immersed in completely under the water. Number six, important one, water baptism is a spiritual symbol. Again, it's not just the act of getting wet, not just the act of taking a bath, a shower, washing a hair. You know, there's no jets in the water baptismal. It, it's not a jacuzzi. I will note, we do have a heater. So the water is warm, it's not ice cold. That's helpful. But it is a spiritual symbol. It's a way that we remember and we retell what Jesus did for us. Just a little bit ago in our service, we took part in communion. Communion is one of the ordinances of the church along with water baptism. It's something that was instituted by Jesus, something that was a, a symbol and something that we are to redo on a regular basis to remember. Remember. Water baptism is a spiritual symbol. Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14, here's how the message puts it, the message uh, translation. It says, Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as He did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, slate wiped clean, the old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to the cross. It's a powerful spiritual symbol. See, in water baptism, we go down into or under the water as Jesus was put into or was buried in the grave. And for us, it, it symbolizes death to the old way of life, the sinful way of life. We're putting to death that sinful self. Now, we're under the water as Jesus was three days in the grave. Side note, very important side note, I do not keep you under the water for three days. So going into the water, it's symbolic of the death and burial of Jesus Christ. We identify with that. And as we come up out of the water, it's symbolic of Jesus Christ being raised from the dead. We proclaim there is a change in us. The old person, as Scripture would say, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Water baptism symbolizes that. Someone once said, it's like a three-act passion play being acted out in the baptistry. Going into the water, under the water, coming up out of the water. It's symbolic. It's not the same as just stepping into a tub, turning the water on, washing your hair, stepping out. Uh, That's just to clean. Water baptism symbolizes what Jesus Christ has done. Again, it follows salvation. So it is for the Christian, it's for the believer. It's a remembrance of a reminder of what Jesus has done. A powerful visual symbol. It's done publicly. It's not, you know, where you, you kind of hide out at midnight so that nobody sees. We we do it on a Sunday morning. It's public. Anybody can come and can watch. It's a public commitment of Jesus Christ. Kind of similar to a wedding ring. Wedding rings are symbolic. In fact, in, in a wedding, there's often the, uh, the speech or the talk or the encouragement that, you know, the, there's no beginning, there's no end. It's kind of indicative of God's love for us and uh, a husband, a wife's love for one another. It's, it's often made of precious metals and, and it's important. And if you're married, you often you wear that wedding ring, and it's a reminder of what you said, a reminder of the vow, a reminder of the I do. You visually see that. It's a remembrance of, a symbol of that commitment in that special day. It's not the ring itself. You and I know that there are some people who are married who, for one reason or another, might not wear a ring. And then there's other people who are not married who might choose to wear a ring on their wedding finger. Sometimes people would wear a class ring, a high school class ring, or college class ring, or some other ring. So it's not the ring itself, but certainly a wedding ring is symbolic and points us back to the commitment of the marriage. Water baptism is the symbol of what Jesus Christ has done for us. It doesn't make you a Christian, it identifies you as one. It's kind of like a sports jersey. How many of you have a jersey with your favorite team on it, or you've got a a t-shirt with your favorite high school on it, or college on it, or your favorite NFL, or baseball, or basketball, or college team, even if it's the one from up north? Just because you wear that uniform doesn't mean you're a player. It identifies you as a fan, right? Just because I might wear scarlet and gray doesn't make me an Ohio State Buckeye player. It identifies me with them. I identify. That is my college team. I wear St. Louis Cardinals. and I wear Dallas Cowboys. That identifies me. You know, I am a fan of that team. I am certainly not a player of any of those things. It identifies me with the team. All right? Water baptism is not what saves me, but it identifies me as a Christian. It's that public commitment, that public identification, the spiritual symbol. Here's what Jesus did for me. That's a powerful reminder. Finally, this morning, what is water baptism? It's a next step, not the final one. A next step, not the final one. We'll go back to roughly where we started a number of minutes ago, Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Let me read it for you in the message. Different interpretation, a little bit of a different thought behind it. It says, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 20, then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day right up to the end of the age. You see, there's the process, it's the going, it's the preaching, it's the making disciples, it's the baptizing, and it's the teaching to obey. When you and I are baptized in water, it does not mean we are done, no more need to grow, no more need to learn. I've got it. I am He. Sometimes in in people's lives, maybe they live as if that's the case. I've prayed the prayer. I got baptized in water. I've gone to church a little bit, so I am good. That doesn't mean we stop growing. That doesn't mean we just stop in our spiritual life when we're baptized because we obeyed that instruction or that command. How many of you know there's a whole lot... For you and I to follow, a whole lot to obey when it comes to the Word of God. So water baptism is a step. It's a next step after salvation for the Christian, for the believer. But it's not the last one. It's not the final step. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's a powerful opportunity. Next week, Pentecost Sunday, we'll have the opportunity to be preaching on that in the morning. Our area Pentecost service at night. But when we're baptized in water, and sometimes uh, our churches have done little certificates, and so they have their certificate, and it's almost like they hold up and say, look at this, I'm baptized in water, I'm good to go. As if that means I can live however I want to. I prayed the prayer, and I got a water baptismal certificate, so there. Now. It's the next step. We go, we preach, we teach, we encourage, we baptize and instruct to obey in all that Jesus has said. When should water baptism take place? Well, according to the example in Scripture, pretty soon after salvation, that's, that's an encouragement. They, were, they believed and were baptized, and we want to encourage Maybe there's been some time between belief. Maybe there's been some time since salvation, but we would encourage you to be baptized in water. In the New Testament, what seemed to be one of the first things that new believers did. My encouragement is this. Don't wait until your life is so-called perfect or so-called exactly where it needs to be. It seems like we're always a work in progress. no. God's always working on us. So don't say, well, if, if I get this under control, then I'll follow Jesus in water baptism. I encourage you to take the next step if you've not done so as a Christian who's followed Jesus, who's given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow and obey by being baptized in water. It's an issue of our obedience. Interesting question. If we don't follow and obey the simple concept of being baptized in water, would we follow something perhaps more complex? He said, Go preach, teach, baptize, encourage. And we say, well, I like the going part, and I like the preaching part, and I like the, uh, the making disciples part, and the whole instructing part. I'm not too crazy about the get wet in front of people part. So I'm going to skip that one, God. But I'll, I'll do some other ones. If we look at the encouragement, the instruction, the command, and we choose not to follow that, would we then follow through with and be obedient to some of the other things that god might lead us to do i want to encourage you this morning as we bring this message to a close if you are a christian and you've not been baptized in water i want to encourage you to be part of that